0: chapter six verse one. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest increase mightily as the Lord God of thy father has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not and houses full of good things, which thou filledst not, and wells digged, which thou digst not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantedst not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the, God, forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods, of the gods of the people, which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies, and his statutes, which he commanded thee. And thou shalt do which is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land, which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what mean the testimonies, and the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and Thore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household. Behold our eyes before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in, to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, and that he, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness, if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he hath commanded us. You may be seated.
1: Morning, greetings in Christ's name. In our world today, way too many children are crying out for love. They react to a certain situation, sometimes violently, so someone can pay attention to them. Many children are victims in so many different ways. They suffer from many different kinds of abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, and child neglect. Many times children have no sense of belonging, whether it is in a divorce situation or child abandonment, living at many different places in their lifetime, nowhere to call home. In far too many homes, children are caught up in violence, whether it is in the home or out on the streets. So when we look in our world, we can also see that there is a war on children. Many people are trying to get to our children's heart. The parents, the culture around them, social media, entertainment. The world and the culture of the world is destroying Many of the children who live in it. Children come into the world are defenseless, yet they are the ones being attacked. But there is hope for these children, those who follow Christ. This morning, I want to talk about influencing children to follow the Lord, how we can protect our children, and how we can pass the torch on to our children. I chose the title Influencing. Instead of raising, because some of you may be thinking that this message isn't for me. I have no children. I'm not married. I'm not a parent. But everyone sitting here has some kind of influence on children, whether you realize it or not. Some of you are school teachers, some of you are Bible school teachers, and Sunday school teachers. A lot of you have nieces and nephews. Some of you are even grandparents and great-grandparents. Many of you talk to children, whether it's after church or whether it's in your homes. Many of you as people, or have people, children that are looking up to you, copying what you do. And this goes all the way down to the youngest child or to young children. Children, children, Younger than you are being influenced by you. We have the power to influence children to do what is right and to follow God. And I'm not preaching this sermon because um, we need, um, would you say, a lot of help. Or Glenn talks this morning about the youth and how um, that the parents did really good in raising them. But I realize in my own life there is still a lot that I need to learn Um, about raising children, teenagers, and even grandchildren, if God blesses me with some. And I'm not by any means preaching this because I have it figured out. Like I said, I'm still learning. There's still things that I um, need to learn as I raise my children. But this morning, I want to look into God's Word and see what the Scriptures say about raising children. So one question... Whom do our children belong to? Whom do our children belong to? The children that are born to us, are they, do they belong to us as parents? The children that sit in your classrooms, are they yours? Do they belong to the teachers? The grandparents or your grandchildren, are they yours? I think when we answer this question correctly, it can set the stage for us as how we relate to children. And it points to us how we should interact with them. So whom do our children belong to? Our children belong to God. They are His. Not just our children that are born to us, but every single child who was conceived in a mother's womb. They belong to to God. I'm going to read some verses from Ezekiel 16. You can turn to there if you like, or if you want to just listen, that's fine. Ezekiel 16. In this chapter, God was instructing Ezekiel to tell the founders of Jerusalem, um, like I said in verse 1 of that chapter, how they were going downhill and how they were sinning against God. One of those sins that they committed was offering their children as a sacrifice to idols. They burned their children for the sake of their idols. But I want to read what it says, what God says about the children. Verse 20, first part of it, and also verse 21. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne unto me. And also verse 21. That thou hast slain my children. The children that they were offering belonged to God. They were giving God's children to their idols. Also Mark 10:13 um, to 16. there's some verses there I want to read. Mark 10:13 to 16. And in, and in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, sorry, 13, 13, okay, there we go. And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, And his chil- and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and, there, and put his hands upon them and blessed them. What did God, Jesus, say about the children? Jesus said that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The children Belong to God, not because of who their parents were or what their parents did. The children belong to God first. He wasn't referring to just the children that were present there with him, but referring, but to all children like them or like it says, such as these. Also, Psalms one twenty-seven three it says, "Lo, children are an inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward." Children. Are an heritage of the Lord; they are His property; they belong to God. Also, Psalms one thirty nine. Um, it talks about how, in the womb, God has formed um, each child. It is God that put the children in the womb. God is the one who made us children from come from God. We are called to be good stewards to the children that God has given to us. If our children belong to God and he gives them to us, we are then accountable to what we do with them. Like I said, that means we are stewards when it comes to our children. The same way that we are a steward of our finances, our possessions, and our time, we are to be stewards of our children. A steward is one who is entrusted with the possession that belonged to someone else and manages them according to the way that the owner would want them managed. <clears throat> we need to care for our children the same way that God would care for them. And that can many times be a great witness to our children. It points them to Christ and shows them how God Or how Christ treats the church, the way that we treat our children. So not only do our children belong to God, but children are also a blessing from God. Far too many times, people in the world view children as being in the way, as a nuisance. They are bothered by children. And sometimes that thought comes into the church and even into my own head. We need to be reminded often that children are a blessing from God. And many times we take it for granted, the things that God has blessed us with. There are some verses that speak about children being a blessing. Deuteronomy seven, eleven to 13 Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep them, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. And he, he will also bless the fruit of thy womb. Bless the fruit of thy womb. Psalms 127, 3 5 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. The fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Psalms 128.3 says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the size of thine house. Thy children like olive plants. Round about thy table. And olive plants in the Bible times. um, Meant blessing. And children are referred to as. Or it gives a picture as an olive plant. Not only are the healthy children. A blessing from God. But it's also those that have physical ailments. And I know I. My children are. Um pretty healthy, and I don't have a child that has ailments, but even those that have physical ailments are a blessing from God. Many people find ways that they have only healthy children in their homes, whether it's abortion or placing children children into foster homes. But all children are a blessing from the Lord. Exodus 4.11, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh a dumb Or death, or the seeing or the blind. Have not I the Lord. So all children are a blessing to us from the Lord. So what is our responsibility to our children? To the children that you meet, the children that are in your classes. God did not give our children to us to just float through life not being responsible to them. Our children are given to us to do to them like what Jesus would do to them. We will need to answer to Jesus, to God, in how we raise our children. We will need to give an account to Him. Us as adults are always in a position to either destroy or to raise them up to honor God. Ephesians 6 4 it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are to be active in bringing up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are to bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It is the parents' job to make sure that your child is being influenced in a good way that it leads them to Christ whether it is at home or at school or even the friends that your children are with. So another responsibility that we have to our children, Proverbs thirteen twenty two it says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. What for inheritance is it referring to here? We need to notice first that it is a good man who leaves an inheritance. He is kind. He looks out for not only his children, but also his grandchildren. And this man is responsible. He works. He is involved so that he can leave an inheritance. The inheritance that it's talking about here is not necessarily just the wealth or riches that you may earn through your lifetime. Um, Although it could maybe apply here, but there is something that has great long-lasting value and affects the children for eternity than what riches can. It is passing on the gospel message to our children, teaching them the scriptures, teaching them that they are sinners in need of a savior. It is also... Offering prayers for our children. Pray for them often. Sometimes we don't often see what prayer can do for a person. How through prayer God can work in a person's life. But prayer does work and our children need it. If we don't pray for our own children, who will? The inheritance is also Leaving, a God, leaving behind a godly example to our children. This inheritance will not only affect your children, but it would also be passed on to their children and also to those that they are in contact with. It has a generational impact on the children. But we can also flip this verse around, and the same is true for an evil man. It too has a generational impact on his children's children. What you do will affect your children. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. There's an example in Josh Judges 2. I want to read some verses here of um, leaving. Inheritance for your children's children. I want to read verses 2 or Judges 2 6 to 19. Judges 2 6 to 19. And this is before um, the children of Israel went into the land of Canaan. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his Inheritance to possess the land, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that He did for Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance, in Timnathrin, in the mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gaash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam, and they they forsook the Lord God of their Israel, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Asherah and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers and spoiled them and he sold them into the lands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies whithersoever they went out of the land out of the hand of the Lord whithersoever they went out the hand of the Lord was Against them for evil, as the Lord has said, and as the Lord has sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of of the hand of those that spoiled them. I was going to read to 19. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went worrying after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord but they did not so and when the Lord raised them up judges then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge for it repented the Lord because of their general for it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them and it came to pass when the judges were dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers and following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. So this is a sad story. How in one generation, they went from following the Lord to not knowing the Lord. So what happened? How did they not know so soon? This generation did not know the Lord and the works that he did for Israel. Remember the stones... That the twelve men from each tribe placed in the middle of the Jordan River. These stones were to cause their children to ask their fathers about them. Their fathers were to tell their children of what God did for them in crossing the Jordan River. And how the waters were cut off so they could cross over. But they forsook the Lord and followed other gods. They left God behind to follow other gods. They turned quickly out of the way. Which our fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord, and as we look in the book of Judges, it has it's full of stories where the children of Israel rejected God, fell into sin, became captive to their enemies, them crying out to God, and hearing their cry and bringing deliverance. And this went on until the nation was destroyed and they were taken into the captivity by the Babylonians. But in the last verse in the book of Judges it describes the moral and civil conditions which the judges, when the judges ruled. And it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was no guidance from one generation to the next. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Our hearts are deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, if there's no guidance, the door is wide open to get involved in gross sins. So, what were some of those sins that the children of Israel were involved in? It also involved their children. And I believe this sin that I um, would we'll be talking about did not stop for the children of Israel. But in some form, it's continued on today to the many children to the many innocent children in our world. Before the children of Israel went into the promised land, God warned them different times that they shouldn't follow the other nations' gods, especially in offering up their children by fire for a sacrifice. Deuteronomy 20, 12, 29-32. to 32, When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwelt... "...dwelleth in their land, take heed to thyself, that thou be not snared by following them, after that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods? Even so, why do you likewise? Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth hath they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods." What thing soever I command you, observe to do, thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. So they were commanded not to follow other gods, especially not to offer their sons and their daughters into the fire. But it didn't take them long to disobey God. And they sacrificed their children in the fire. Psalms 106, 34 and 38 says, They did not destroy the nations, Concerning them the Lord commanded them, whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them, yea they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Why did they do such gross sins? It was to appease to their gods, their false gods. It was to serve self. So nothing bad would happen to them. So how are people offering up their children today as a sacrifice? Every day, there's 125,000 children that are being aborted. They are sacrificed to the God of self and pleasure. Many children are being sold today to human traffickers for monetary gain. What about us as Mennonites? How do we sacrifice our children? Or are we sacrificing our children? One thing that I thought of that's going to be a challenge in my own life is we push them aside and don't give them a listening ear when we have our own agenda to accomplish. Like I said, we can probably all think of times in our lives that we were guilty of that. Then, the disciples they did the same thing when people brought their children to Jesus. They pushed them aside because Jesus had more important things to to do. But Jesus made time for the children to come to Him so that He could bless them. Another way that we could possibly offer up our children is to the God of entertainment, the God of media things that can distract our children, things that can have a bad impact on them for years and lead them to hell. So what other responsibilities do we have as far as um, raising our children or interacting with them? Dave read from Deuteronomy 6. We heard a lot about teaching them Moses is talking to the children of Israel before God brought them into the land of Canaan. And the message that Moses is bringing out is to not forget the Lord their God when they go into the promised land and to pass it on to their children. But I think before we can teach that to our children, it needs to be a part of our lives. We need to fear God, like it says in verse 2, in verse 13, and verse 24. Fearing God is... This is the beginning of knowledge, like it says in Proverbs 1. To fear God, views God with respect and reverence. Men must learn to respect God as a lawgiver and judge. When we fear God, we will endeavor to bring up our children in the way of righteousness, that they also may fear Him and live clean and holy lives before Him in word and deed. When we when we fear God, it brings confession, confessing that Jesus is Lord, like it says in Mark twelve eight. Also, to prepare our hearts and training our children, we also need to have the words of Jesus in our hearts. In our hearts there comes out evil things which defiles a man. In order to have the words of Jesus in our hearts, So that we can teach our children, we need a changed heart. We need the blood of Christ to cleanse us. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And also, we need to love the Lord thy God with our heart, with our soul, and with our might. This calls for a lifelong commitment. And this is a complete surrender to God. When we teach our children, we are to teach our children diligently. And this is not just a casual way of teaching them the things of God. We are to teach them the things of Scripture incisively. Words that penetrate into the heart of the child. Like I said, this is not done once, but we are to teach them all the time. And like it says in verse seven, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and talk of them, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest in by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. There needs to be a strong intentionality that it issues a constant instruction by word and deed, about devotion to God. And this is done when we are resting, when you're active, when you wake up and when you get out of bed. Teach your children the gospel over and over again, all the time. You know, while we cannot make their decision about following Christ, let's lead them to the very edge so they can can make that choice. And when we think about our children, their eternal destiny is at stake. Cause your children to ask questions about the Scripture, about the commands of God. Share your testimony about what God has done in your life. Tell them about what God has promised to those who serve them, serve Him. And also think about the stones in the children in the Jordan River. Do we have stones that are a reminder to our children? Are there memorials in your house so that your children can ask what it means? I think that one way that we can do that is we can um, have wall hangings or scripture verses hanging around our house. or our children reminded about Christ's work on the cross often? In Proverbs, it is filled with Solomon giving instruction to his son My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. The first seven chapters of Proverbs is filled with instruction to his son. he is teaching him the things of God. Even in the life of Timothy, he was taught the Holy Scriptures ever since he was a child. 2 Timothy 3.15 It says, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy had sincere faith, but he didn't get it on his own. The faith that Timothy had, his mother and grandmother also had. When his parents taught him the scriptures, it led him to have faith in Christ Jesus. The story of Timothy and his parents, this is a good example of faithful parents instructing their children to the scriptures. So what other responsibilities, responsibilities do we have as children to, for our children? We are to protect them. There's different ways that we protect our children. And one way is we protect our children by establishing a good home life. That good home life starts with a good marriage. A marriage that has Christ as the center. A marriage where there is love and commitment. And there needs to be both in order to be a good marriage. When there is a godly marriage, it protects the children from abuse and insecurity. Another way we protect our children is we protect our children when the father works to care and provide for their family. There are many fathers who don't care about their family by providing for their physical needs. The father also should be the leader, the spiritual leader in the home, leading out in family devotions. Another way that we protect our children is when the mother is at home caring for her children, when she is there to help them in time of need, when she is there to listen to their joy, joys and disappointments. I believe that the fathers can also be involved in this. But I think God has given the mothers um, a special gift that um, they are good at that particular um, listening and caring to their children. Another thing that will protect our children in our home is when God dominates your home and your life. Is God the center of your home? Another way that we protect our children is by disciplining them. And this is not something that is talked about too often in the, in the world and is often looked down upon. But this protects our children. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen it says, "'A rod and reproof give wisdom.'" But a child left to himself bringing, bringeth his mother to, chain, to shame. Discipline brings wisdom to our children. Proverbs 23 13 to 14, it says, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall die. He, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Discipline delivers your child's soul from hell. Proverbs twenty two fifteen 15, it says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of, coru- of correction, shall drive it far from him. Discipline drives foolishness away from the heart of a child. Another way that we protect our children is by allowing no wicked thing to enter in. Proverbs 24, 15, it says, Lay not wait, O wicked man. Against the dwelling of the righteous, spoil not his resting place. Our home should be a resting place for our children, not a stressful one. Are there wicked things coming into your house, destroying the resting place? Do you know what your children are watching, or what they are reading, or what they are listening to? Protect your entire home by allowing no wicked thing To enter in, there are serious consequences when we fail to protect our children, when we harm them, when we cause them to stumble and go into hell. Matthew 18, it talks about it is better for you to have a millstone sewn, hanged around your neck and thrown in the depths of the sea than to offend the little ones. And in this illustration, I believe it's maybe Christ was talking about young believers. But in our circles, a lot of times, young believers are our children. It would be better if a millstone is hung around his neck and to be thrown into the sea to be drowned. Another responsibility that we have to our children, and many of you, singles, and those that aren't not married, um, can be especially involved in this. We are to encourage them, and there's four different ways that I have that we can do this. Focus your attention on them. It is very easy to give your attention to your children. Or sorry, it is very easy to not give your attention to your children. We are very busy people. We have a lot of things going, a lot of appointments to make. But if we want to make an impact on our children, we need to show, somehow prioritize our time and to take time for our children. Let's not allow Satan to persuade us that if we don't have a lot of time, that we give no time for our children. Another way that we can encourage our children is by informing your child in the way that God made him. Every child is born into this world with different gifts and talents that are meant especially for that child. Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way He should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train train up a child in the way that God created him to go, with his gifts and talents that God gave him. Train up a child in the way he should go, the way God created him. Children are encouraged when we affirm them in their talents and gifts. Another way that we can encourage him is show genuine appreciation for your children. As adults, there is power in our words, and even in the way that we say them. The tone that we use to say our words. But encourage your children. Be their cheerleader. It is very easy for us to notice the things that they do wrong and to scold them for it. But notice the good things that they do and encourage them in it. Way too many times, I do, I know I do, we take the good things that they do for granted and don't recognize them for it. Our words can build our children up or they can also tear them down. Another way that we can encourage them is show physical affection to your children. When a touch is done appropriately, there is power there. It shows your children that that you love and care for them laugh with your children make life exciting for them and this can be done at home in your everyday life it doesn't just happen away from home doing something fun and exciting make your home life enjoyable for your children so as you raise your children as you interact with them rely on God rely on his Holy Spirit to give you wisdom So that you can lead them to follow Christ. Be faithful to the task that God has given you to do. To do as a teacher or as a parent. Take every opportunity to influence the children that God has placed in your care. And there's a couple lines here I want to quote from John MacArthur that he said. Fail to teach your child to fear God and the devil would teach him to hate God. Fail to teach your child to guard his mind, and the devil will teach him to have an open mind. Fail to teach your child to obey his parents, and the devil will teach him to rebel and break his parents' heart. Fail to teach your child to control his desires, and the devil will teach him to give in to lust. Fail to teach your child to say the truth, and the devil will teach him to be a liar. Fail to teach your child to pursue, work diligently, and the devil and the devil would teach him to be lazy. Let's kneel to pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings and your love for us. Thank you, Lord, especially for the children that you place in our homes, in our lives, in our church. I pray, God, that we would um, receive that blessing and that we would um, use it to honor and glorify you. I pray, God, that you just help us as we train our children, that we would be faithful parents, faithful siblings, uh, and influencing our children to serve you. Just give us the strength that we need. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to the task. I pray that you would just guide and direct us today. Help us, Lord, to um serve you and be faithful to you. Thank you, Lord. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.